Well, welcome to Eavesdrop. My name is Jenny, and I am joined with my dear friend, Heather. Hello. How are you this evening? Doing good. How about you? Uh, I'm well. No sickness. <laughs> well, that's more than I can say. <laughs> we are passing the crud around my house like it's... Uh... Welcome to the South, where the wa- where the weather is warm and cold hits it every single time. If, if you're not in Alabama, oh, let, let's just say that for the past two weeks, we have gone... Almost every two days from 75 At down least. to the 40s. At least. So you get two days of the 70 degree weather. Uh, Truly on Sunday, this uh, yesterday, Sunday, uh, we were in short sleeves. Oh, yes. Shorts I, and t shirts. Yeah. I was it's great. hot. I remember being hot on Saturday, uh, having the air conditioning back on in the house. And yeah. then um, Sunday morning, you wake up and it's 40 again. Oh. So it's just, it's crazy. So our sinuses are just bad. News. <laughs> So if we start sneezing or if coughing I and stuff like that, a little nasally. Well, it's there you go. it's true. <laughs> well, tonight's conversation um, is is one that we kind of got fired up about. Mark, uh, our producer here, uh, sent us a video link um, to a video that was um, played um, back on January eighth uh, from MSNBC, and we want to we were going to discuss it because it's something that we really. It fired us up, um, having watched it and then read about it and seen about it. And but it's just mm-hmm. one of the things that about our conversations that we want to do is bring you awareness to stuff that's going on into our country. If you haven't heard about it yet, if you're not aware of it yet, this is something that we strongly believe that you need to be aware about. Um, well, and you can go on YouTube mm-hmm. and you can find it. Yeah, um, it was called the Last Word, and uh, it was aired last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawrence O'Donnell, who's an MSNBC anchor, um, brought up to an issue about a, a famous pastor that's here in the Southeast, Louis Giglio, who had been chosen um, to be, do the benediction at the inauguration of President Obama. And a couple of days later, um, he removed himself. I think is I think there's kind of contradicting stories on both sides whether the inauguration he is committee no longer he is no longer doing the benediction because of that. So. Um, before we jump in and start playing it, just so you can get a background of what we're going to talk about, we just we want you to play. We're going to play a clip um, from this um, piece that Lawrence O'Donnell did. Um, well, and, okay. and let's even just say just a little bit about Louis Giglio. Yeah, both Jenny and I have oh. sat under his teaching at different times yes. in our lives. Um, Jenny first when she was in college at Baylor. Yes, he was our Bible study teacher when I was at Baylor for Choice Ministries. So for how many years was he there with you? Um, Well, I was there four years under his teaching. And so he was there for, I'd probably have to go back and look, probably eight, ten years at Baylor doing Choice Bible Studies before he moved to Atlanta in the middle 90s. Okay, and then when I lived in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. uh, I lived there for 17 months. He did a weekly Bible study. And it was open to the entire city, and we would have hundreds come. Yeah. And it was just one night a week, and it was wonderful. So I sat under his teaching for about 17 months yeah. and loved it. Yeah, and Louie is known, for those of you who have teenagers or college kids, you might you might ask or young them who professionals. He, yeah, you, they you, will identify with him. Louie Louis in 1995 began what's called the Passion Movement. Um, yes. which is geared with college kids, kind of that bringing in college kids to this. And it has grown. They just did a weekend um, this past couple of weeks ago where they had over 60,000 in yeah. attendance. They bring in the new year mm-hmm. with a passion for Christ. Yes. And his main emphasis and missions mm-hmm. is human trafficking. Yes. He has... He has given... Mm-hmm, he has devoted his calling his life his resources 
to bringing to light the fact that human trafficking is yeah. going on not only in third world countries, right. but it's happening in, um, you know, in the South, we would yes. say, you know, in the mountain brooks. Yes. It's happening yes. in middle class, upper middle class families. And the shame of it is so pervasive and it changes a woman's um perspective of herself so he, he has really put himself out there yes. and that's truly what caught uh, his attention for the obama administration is that's that was what drew them to him is his work and it, his um his focus well and then and louis has said in statements past these past few days that he and obama have had a relationship mm-hmm. with the same focal yep. point yep. of their both passion for um putting awareness on human trafficking that's happening and happening around the world. But the issue with this is called about um, uh, a sermon that he gave 20 years ago. Yeah, 15, 20 years ago, they say. That is specifically um, about homosexuality. And you can go do look at the reports and someone will call it an anti-gay sermon. Um, some will just talk about it. it's a homosexuality sermon, but it's, it's reaching a standard of Christ. Um, and it's a sermon that he did on homosexuality and this brought the attention and therefore caused the controversy caught the wrath of the and and forgive me if i don't get it exactly right because this is the first time i've heard the term the g l b no no no. t l g b t i'm sorry yes let's put ladies first l g b t It caught that movement. And uh, I, yeah. Just for any of you who are like me who didn't realize that there was this LGBT movement, it is the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual. Transsexual. We'd have to get that. I believe thing. it's transsexual. I agree. You're movement. correct. Yes. Um, and, and, and they truly came out swinging. Um, they had an article that was written, and then from that, this mm-hmm. this piece was done on television. So for right now, as we um, before we start really kind of sharing our thoughts and views on it, we want to play you the clip by Lawrence O'Donnell and let you listen to it, and then, um, yeah, we'll talk. In tonight's episode of The Politics of Religion, the Bible strikes again. It turns out there is no better way for a pastor to get kicked out of the inauguration ceremony. ceremony. No better way to do that than quoting the Bible. That's what Louis Giglio of Passion City Church in Atlanta did to get knocked out of this year's inauguration. His participation was announced at 9 a.m. on Tuesday by the Presidential Inaugural Committee. It took all of a day for something to surface in Giglio's sermonizing past that made him persona non grata at the swearing-in of a president who is in favor of gay rights, including marriage equality. Josh Israel, senior investigative reporter for Think Progress, posted this story yesterday that forced Giglio to withdraw today. With with it, Josh posted a transcript of a 15-year-old sermon that emphasized Giglio's, quote, rabidly anti-LGBT views, including this tidbit about the gay rights movement. That movement is not a benevolent movement, but it is a movement to seize by any means necessary the feeling and the mood of the day to the point where the homosexual lifestyle becomes accepted as a norm in our society and is given full standing as any other lifestyle as it relates to family. 
Of course, Giglio is wrong about the gay rights movement, but only actually half wrong. He says the movement is not a benevolent movement, and that is simply not true. It is a movement filled with and about benevolence. But the rest of what he says is actually true. It is a movement to seize by any means necessary the feelings and the mood of the day to the point where the homosexual lifestyle becomes accepted as a norm in our society and is given full standing as any other lifestyle as it relates to family. The by any means necessary bit is a little rhetorically over the top, but yes, we do want to create the feeling that the gay lifestyle is an acceptable norm in our society and is given full standing as any other lifestyle. That is exactly, exactly what the gay rights movement wants and what it has been successfully on its way to achieving for years now. Here's some more of what Giglio got caught saying that got him kicked out of the inauguration. If you look at the counsel of the Word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, you come quickly to the conclusion that homosexuality is not an alternate lifestyle. Homosexuality is not just a sexual preference. Homosexuality is not gay. But homosexuality is sin. It is sin in the eyes of God. And it is sin according to the word of God. And there you have a classic Washington gaffe. Now, I know some of you are saying, no, 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 that's way worse than a gaffe. That is a terrible and hurtful and hateful thing to say. But this program uses the definition of Washington gaffe written by the brilliant Michael Kinsley nearly 30 years ago. The Kinsley definition of a Washington gaffe is not when someone lies, but when someone tells the truth. And the truth is that homosexuality is a sin in the Bible. In his sermon, Giglio quotes Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. You shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It is an abomination. Giglio also cited the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, which presents a list of immoral behaviors. And right in the midst of that passage, right in the midst of that verse, it says, and those who are homosexual. It's clear. Now, I heard that, and I didn't think the word homosexual appeared in the Bible. And so, I checked it today. Where he says the word homosexual, the Bible actually uses the word effeminate. Now, it turns out there are some very new versions of the Bible that do use the word homosexual now instead of effeminate. So the Bible, which is supposed to be the unchangeable word of God, hasn't been absolutely unchangeable by haters of gay people who are unsatisfied that God never chose the word homosexual to specifically condemn homosexuals. Poor Addie Wisenant, the spokesperson for the Presidential Inaugural Committee, was forced to put out this 
utterly ridiculous statement today. We were not aware of Pastor Giglio's past comments at the time of his selection, and they don't reflect our desire to celebrate the strength and diversity of our country at this inaugural. As we now work to select someone to deliver the benediction, we will ensure their beliefs reflect this administration's vision of inclusion and acceptance for all Americans, and not the Bibles. In other words, we will ensure that whoever delivers the benediction rejects the same parts of the Bible that President Obama rejects and most Democrats reject, even though every word of the Bible is the Word of God. As I've pointed out in many previous episodes of The Politics of Religion, no one accepts all of the teaching of the Bible. No one. There are no literal followers of the world Word of God as presented in the Bible left on earth. If there were any, they would have to be burning people at the stake all day, every day. For example, the Bible orders that prostitutes be burned at the stake. The Bible orders that the penalty for adultery is death. The Bible orders that the penalty for not observing the Sabbath is death. The Bible has more death penalties in it than Texas law. And there is no Bible-thumping church in the world that follows the Word of God on all those death penalties. Not one. Still, the president, following one of our most absurdist traditions in the government that invented the separation of church and state, will put his hand on this book, filled with things he does not believe, filled with things that no one in the United States of America believes, and with his hand on this book, he will recite the oath of office. And his hand on this book is actually supposed to make you believe that he really believes what he is saying in the oath of office, even though the book is filled with things that you and he do not believe. Now, wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be better if the president's hand was on the shoulder of one of his daughters, suggesting that he was honoring the oath of office as much as he honors Sasha and Malia? This time, as it was last time for the first time in history, the book will be held by a first lady who is a descendant of slaves. But the holy book she will be holding does not contain one word of God condemning slavery. Not one word. But that same book, which spends hundreds and hundreds of pages condemning all sorts of things, and couldn't find one sentence in here to condemn slavery, does indeed manage to find the space repeatedly to condemn gay people, as the now banished Louis Giglio says it does. And as the First Lady is holding that book for the President, sitting somewhere near them will be a pastor who the Inauguration Committee will make sure is much more adept 
at hiding what that book actually says than Louis Giglio was. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those. I mean, how do you even begin to, one, what fires you up most about that? I mean, just the. Uh, Other than the fact that my family and friends and. Citizens yeah. have fought and died for the right for him to speak. Such hogwash. Seriously. Well, other than that. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. Banished. So much. Banished. Yeah. From all of that for what you believe in. Yeah. Standing on truth. I, I, I kind of go back to that phrase about there's not one person in the world that believes every word in this word. In yes. The word of God. That there's no church that's living this. That I, that literally. See, and that's that's the word. Yeah. Literally. You know, he, he's making such bold statements, you know, um, with what credibility, with what authority, on whose behalf? You don't speak on my behalf. No, you, no. You clearly do not have the beliefs that I do. You, you know, we apparently have the same citizens' rights that you would be able to speak this, and you are afforded your, your soapbox, just as, you know, through this podcast, Jenny and I have a soapbox right. to share our beliefs. Um I just, yeah, I could pick it apart, but, you know, does that make me any better than him, any different than him? I I can't really say that, but there is a part of me that just wants to shred it just to show him how wrong he is. This is not the God of the Bible. But I mean, and that, and it's not, and I think, and that's, I think that's what makes me so much more, I think, about this, knowing that you and I, I mean, we've listened to Louis for how many years Know this. him. Know him. Know I mean, his character. Know his stand on the fact that we are all sinners saved by grace and that not one sin is gradiated worse or better, mm-hmm. that all sin keeps us from God. And this journalist has, you know, flippantly, if you watch the video, it'll infuriate you just a little bit more than hearing it. So, <laughs> that is true. It if does. You go back, just to watch him pick up the word of God. Mm-hmm. Oh. And sling it around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know I have been guilty of, you know, writing notes on my Bible and all those things. But to take the word of God and know that this is an authority, mm-hmm. this is the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. It is not relative. And he is saying, you know, that this is sin. That in, homosexuality is a sin. In the Bible. Yeah. And just so flippantly cast it aside as if it was an outdated version of Emily Post's etiquette. And and that's really where I feel like my, you know, well, indignation I, is coming from is, yes, it is sin. Homosexuality is sin. Mm-hmm. Just as if... I were to have sin or have sex with a man outside of marriage. Yes. That is sin. Yes. And it is just a progression in our lives that that accumulates and takes over. And you know, I, I've heard the song Born That Way. You know, I've I mean I, that's I gonna be the argument way. that folks yes. talk about that I was born this way. It's an inbred gene, Absolutely. it's a genetic you were born thing this way. and all this way. Every single one yeah. of us was born with a sin nature. Yes. We are each individually bent because of the broken world that we live mm-hmm. in. From birth, we are each bent towards different sins. Some of us are bent towards lying. Some of us are bent towards stealing. Some of us are bent towards uh, relational sins mm-hmm. like sexuality outside of marriage. You know, it's, it's called sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. You know, some 
go a little bit farther down the chain in sexual sin, and it gets to homosexuality. There's other things out there that are um, mentioned in the Bible, you know, that are sin mm-hmm. that have to do with sex, having sex um, outside of the human race. I yes. mean, there, there is yeah. some serious stuff that has all been done during biblical times. And, and God gives that to us and says, no, this is not how you were designed. He created us to have a sexual nature that is only satisfied in union with another person. But it it was designed by God without sin to be... Between a, a man and a woman. Yes. And there are people who sin outside of marriage, male to female, and there mm-hmm. are people who sin outside of marriage, male to male, male female to, female to female. Female, You know, let me get it right. L-G-B-T. There you go. Yeah. You know, you, it, it can be done a lot of different ways, but it is sin. And don't flippantly and I think, pull the Bible out and say it's it's not a credible source. It shouldn't be what we lay our hand on for an oath. Are you kidding me? Well, and I think that's what, what country are you in? In God we trust. This is His word. And I think that's what what frustrates me more is you know they came out. They were like, we want somebody that's going to represent our administration. Where Obama clearly has stated that he rejects. I mean, there's he rejects portions of the Bible he's picking and choosing. I mean, you can't pick and choose whether homosexuality is a bigger sin or not a sin over adultery or over lying or over stealing and picking and choosing which sin. I mean, you, I guess you but first you're have to pick your pastor to say a benediction based yes. on whether or not he can cover up. And, and I think yeah. the guy's words were that someone who will be more adept at hiding, hiding. Mm-hmm. what the book says. Yeah. And, and if I were Louis Giglio, I'd take that as a pat on the back. You know, yes. the Bible tells us that we should not hide his word. Mm-hmm. We should put it up on a hill. I mean, you know, President Reagan was famous for saying yes. we are the shining city on a hill, mm-hmm. that we should be the light of the world. And, and you know, if I were Louis, I'm sure he didn't want the spotlight that this has afforded him. But I'm glad to know that when he was tested— he held to the truth of the Absolutely. word of God. He didn't sway or buckle under pressure for about 10 minutes on TV time to be put with an administration who will pick someone who is more in alignment with what they believe. Well, and, and let's and, be honest, if I were to really get up on my soapbox, because I'm, I'm probably able to do that pretty quickly right now. <laughs> but So let me get this straight, President Obama. And, and if you hear this, I'd really like to have an email response. But let me get this straight, President Obama. You are not okay standing beside Louis Giglio on a stage mm-hmm. and giving him a platform mm-hmm. to say a prayer mm-hmm. of benediction, but you refused to separate yourself from Reverend Wright yes. in Chicago, Yes, who said that the chickens have come to roost, that America yeah. deserved 9-11. You refused to separate yourself from this man. And not only did you not separate yourself from this man, you allowed him to marry you to Michelle, mm-hmm. th- this man could be on a platform and preach to you, but Louis Giglio can't. I know. I, that's I know. really all I, uh, that's enough for me. Well, and I mean, and going back to even the past conversations that we've had when we started talking about the elections and we did that whole big thing about the Democratic convention, they're taking mm-hmm. God out of their platform. Yeah. I mean, it's the state of our country through all of this. Stop denying it. It is just. We are going to Hades in a handbasket. Oh, you can just say we're going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, because we, I mean, that's where we are. But I mean, if, if you go 
listen, and I which I would encourage you. We've we've played Lawrence O'Donnell, but I would encourage you. You can Google and you can download download this Louis sermon, and go back and listen to it, and you will clearly. He clearly is so ahead of his time. He's not gay bashing. He is very much for all people to know and come and know and have a relationship with Christ. I mean, it's it's not about whether you're on one side or the other. It's about truth and grace. And it's about where what God's word says and standing on that and knowing that God is God Mm -hmm. through all of that. But the state of our country is just (coughs) it's excuse me. Where we are now, it's I, just the fact that that he can't stand up there and 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 stay—I mean—and be accounted for and held for what he believes in, and it be there. It, it's very maddening to me that um, we say we want a, a tolerant well, community. We say we want tolerance. We say that everyone has the right to speak freely. Everyone has the freedom of religion. Yes, that's, you know, and now now that no longer means freedom of denomination, right? As it did when it was first written, but n- now it means freedom to have a religion, freedom to not have a religion, freedom to have a moment of silence, mm-hmm. to not have a moment of silence, to think that you know God is a corn puff, or God is the creator of the universe. Y- you have your freedom, right? That's been afforded to you by by first and foremost Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and in the fact that He <laughs> ordained for you to be born in America. Let's be honest. He's given you that right. But then also afforded to you by the soldiers Mm -hmm. who have fought and died for that. Mm -hmm. And now you make it to where the very beliefs that our country was founded on, we're turning our back on and we're not tolerant of those. And, And I think that's the hardest part for me is how can we really jokingly on MSN.com say yeah, we maybe shouldn't even put well, our hand on a Bible. That is the absurdest, but, the most absurd act yes, that we do. Yes, and he do. says that, yes. How, whose authority do you have to say that? By by whose credibility are you, you know, are you a spokesman for the administration right. of Obama? Are you, um, are you a person who has... You know, credence with MSN.com. Are you saying their platform? You know, and and if you're going to take out the authority of the Word of God and and truly the humility that you were supposed to have when placing your hand on the Bible to take an oath, knowing that you were taking an oath to God, you were submitting to Him as you were gaining this power over others. Are you going to take that away? And I think the guy makes the reference about. Might as well put his, his arm, arm around, around his daughter. One of the daughters because he honors her more than he honors the word of God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous that we would do that. That we would. And we he'll would, still accept the, nomi- uh, the nomination or the inauguration. He'll still accept it. So help me God. Well, and I mean, how crazy is this? Why? Wh- and this is what's on the news today. I, I just, you know, it's it, what's it out makes there. Me Go ballistic, y'all. Okay, so we've got. Fo- I mean, they're listening. I mean, our list. They're listening to this. How do you combat it? I mean, you even said we've had this conversation as far as like a relationship. You know, which is bodes the question. You know, is your relationship with God transactional? Which is a word I like to hear you use. Well, it just. But I mean, when is I it, listened is it swayed, to this guy, is it, yeah. when I listened to this guy, there were probably seven different times where he said some statement where you could tell that he had gone to 
you know, Google or some, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can go to, I love um, blb.org. It's blueletterbible.org. Yes. You can go to any of these online resources and you can type in a word mm-hmm. and it'll do a search on that word in the Bible. And I felt like that's what he had done about seven different times. That's um, all he done. One of them with, you know, uh, prostitution. Yes. One time, yeah. I think he did it with uh, slavery. He did. He mentioned slavery he, in he, there. He, yeah, telling he me did that it. there's not one uh, sentence in the Bible about slavery that that's wrong. Did you did you not read Philemon? I mean, hello. Do you not remember the slave Onesimus? Mm-hmm. I mean, hello. You, uh, you you can't say these things. You cannot just topically search for a word right. and tell me that this is the whole counsel of God. Mm-hmm. When you take who God is, as big as He is, and you dumb it down into a word search. And you pick one little thing out. How transactional have you made God? Oh. You know, I heard a pastor just last week say it's it's like a vending machine. Mm-hmm. You go to God and you you punch this button, this button, this button. You put in your penance or your time, and you pull. You, you expect Him to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. It's like a vending machine. Mm-hmm. That is not our God. And if you're going to do that with the Word of God, you can make it say what you want it to yeah. say. You can pick it apart, and you can make it. Um, you can make it sound condescending. You can make it sound legalistic. You can make it sound like he is harsh, bitter, angry, vengeful, wrathful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jealous. At any time, you can pull any of those out and, and you can harp on that. But in the full context of Scripture, in the full gamut of who God is, unfolding before us and never challenging what he's already shown us about mm-hmm. himself through his word mm-hmm. and, and through history, mm-hmm. that, is, I know. that is not the picture that you're going to come out with. You are not going to come out saying that God is for slavery. You're yeah. not going to come out and say that God's full intention for all of time being is that prostitutes should be burned at the stake. There were contextual things that were spoken about. You can pull out that one little passage in Corinthians that said it's wise for women to be quiet in church. Contextual. <laughs> contextual Sorry, that would not fit with Heather right now. But you know, you I know, know you're saying? right. Yes. You can pull these things out. Oh, and that they're going to take up snakes and not be bitten. You can take these things out yes. and you can say, yes, that's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you can beat somebody about the head and shoulders with it. But let me tell you, that is not what it says when it says that you should take up the sword of the Spirit. And yeah. you should pray at all times in mm-hmm. the spirit. That is not what our God is showing us about himself. And if that's the picture you got, I'd love to have a conversation with you because yeah. that is not who our God is. And that's not the God who, while he was in heaven, sent his son Jesus mm-hmm. to save us from ourselves because we could never do it. We could never have done it. Not just the homosexuals, not just those of us who struggle with pride, those of us who struggle with idolatry, those of us who struggle with idolatry mm-hmm. you know it, it we all needed a savior for the wages of sin is death it does not matter what your need is that brings you to christ it's the fact that you have a need and you have a god that supplied your need by sending christ but we live in a society now we live oh. in a place where it's not talked about i mean we go to church and it's not openly boldly just talked about all of it it's we're hiding I mean, we're hiding behind places where mm. we can. It, it's swept under the rug. Oh, we don't have to deal with that. I mean, the boldness of just knowing who we believe, what we believe, who yeah. we were created for, why we were created for, and the promises that God. We don't talk about that anymore. Well, I mean, that's it's not what there. we should be talking about. You know, should. We shouldn't be worried about who. Uh, what's the guy's name? 
Sean is going to get on The Bachelor and we shouldn't be worried about who's going to make it on The Voice and who's going to. I know. But I mean, that's... these are the conversations that we're having with our children. And what it says, true. what it says in the word of God is that they need to be sitting at our knees. And from the time that they are little, we should be teaching them who our God is so that when they hear some Joe Schmo who gets to be an anchor on a nationally syndicated um, news station mm-hmm. and he spouts off this hyperbole yeah. and this blasphemous chatter about who he thinks God is, because let's be honest, what we think about God doesn't change who God is. Oh, no. It doesn't change who God no. is. But we need to be those teachers in our children's lives that they know who our God is so succinctly because they have seen him work in their lives and through our lives and in the pages of scripture and through prayer that when somebody spouts this this crap off, our kids go, did you hear what that Joe Schmo said? Mm-hmm. I cannot even believe that an adult would believe that. How deceived are are they? Yeah. But that it would not buckle their faith and go, well, it must be true. I saw it on the Internet. See, but that's where we live in a culture that is swayed by what's on TV, by what oh, our goodness. own pastors speak from our pulpit. Because, heck, I mean, we've got pastors out there that they watch on television, they give money to because it's that must be the word. Of it. I mean, oh. how, how do people distinguish truth? Well, you know, that's like you, we were talking about you've got the idiots on a soapbox and you've got those that speak truth. How do you distinguish that? I mean, well, what do you do? I mean, I, the first thing is you need to know your word. You need to know the word of God. And if you're afraid to know the word of God, find yourself an easy to understand study Bible. Mm-hmm. Life Application has a great one that's NIV. There's an ESV study Bible. Yeah. Um, th- those are two of the, the easier ones that I would recommend. Uh, if, if you're into that place where you, you kind of know you were brought up in the church, you know where everything is, but mm-hmm. you're looking to really study, you could get the induct, uh, International Inductive Study Bible, mm-hmm. which is the K. Arthur Bible, which goes a little bit deeper and it's going to start to let you see themes. You know, if you've read the Bible through a couple of times and you're starting to, to pick up that God's got some overarching themes, I would suggest that one. It's just, it is meat, you know. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been on a diet, <laughs> they, they limit <laughs> the, the good stuff from you and you're eating sure salads and, you know, the, the fat-free, sugar-free, calorie-free salad dressings, which what is in that stuff? But, you know, you've had yeah. that for six months and, and you get to the goal weight and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just need a steak. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm telling you. If you have had enough um, Bible where you feel like you've got it, you've read it a couple of times, but you want to dig in, I'm telling you, the word will come alive to you if you do some inductive study. Um, but but do it. You've got to know who you are in Christ and what he has done for you. It will change everything. It will change your gratitude. It will change your prayer life. Yeah. It will change the way you see what's happening in this world. Well, and even take it the next step, it will change the conversations you have with your kids mm-hmm. and stuff. because It removes the fear of does. talking about the Word of God when you understand that this was a gift mm-hmm. he gave us. Yeah. It is a weapon. Yeah. So can I read you a, a quote that my son put on his Facebook page? Sure. Which it was very, very deep for me that he put in. You know, it's my middle one that yeah. does it. But he put on Facebook the other day or yet last night after church last night that says, I would rather worship a God that is surrounded by mystery than worship a God that is so small that even my own mind could comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's how I feel like this guy yeah. who was on TV, the God that he 
he believes he, he understands. Well, because there's not he's, a question mark. There's no mystery. No, but but he's made it out to what he can comprehend mm-hmm. and what he thinks. Yeah. But our God is not something that we can comprehend. No. He's not. He he's not that way it's with us. It's a beautiful mystery. It is. Christ in the church that he is the bride of the church. Yeah. Uh, or that we are the bride of Christ that the church is. Well, we bring this conversation to you just because it's one of those that's one, you know, Excuse homosexuality is an issue that is prevalent in our society. It's it's something that is going to be ongoing. It's not going away. Um, mm. You know, it's it's an issue Sin that needs to be talked is about. Not Sin gonna go is away. not going away. It's not. And, 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 you know, for anybody who would think that Jenny or I, either one is homophobic nope. or anti-gay or we're, I'm not, we're not. Uh, what we're saying is that each one of us has a sin problem. Mm-hmm. Does it matter that your sin is homosexuality, you know, that mine was something else? It, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so here's, here's the thing. If you are one of those people who is struggling with a sin, whatever it is. Let's not even narrow down to homosexuality. Say you're in a sin and you are consistently falling, failing, being trapped in this. You know, I would just point you to the fact that your God, the God of Scripture, gives you passages all the way from the Old Testament where he takes the fig leaves off of you Mm -hmm. in the garden and puts on um, animal skins. He paid the sacrifice. Yes, blood was shed. He paid that sacrifice all the way through Abraham and Isaac with preparing and providing for himself a lamb. He did it. He showed us all the way through that we could never, ever do it. When you get to the New Testament, he walks away from heaven. Mm -hmm. He gives up all of that, becomes a baby, lives a sinless life, and dies so that you would have the opportunity to have a relationship with him. It goes all the way through. Then you get to Galatians 5.1, which I just absolutely love. And it says, it was for freedom that Mm -hmm. Christ set you free. Therefore, do not subject yourselves again to another yoke of slavery. And I'm not talking about a physical slavery. I'm talking about emotional, spiritual slaveries. Mm -hmm. We each have them. We all have them. They're all there. If yours is lying, if yours is um, sexual sin, needing someone else to fill you up, whatever your thing is, greed, retail therapy, whatever it is, it it does not matter. It's the need that's going to bring you to him. There's freedom for that. But it's in Christ. Only in Christ. Well, and that's again, we bring these, we bring this conversation, this topic up to you just so you're aware of it. And to know, I mean, have conversations, really dig in. This is, this is prevalent for our community and for our society. And so we hope that you'll do some research. We'll put some links up there for you. Um, But we'd love your feedback, love your comments, love what you think. Just let us know. Um, Give us some, some insight into, you know what you're struggling with and and if we can help we will and know that we're going to be praying for you we are because apparently this is the path that our that our country mm-hmm. has chosen and we are going to have to stop being the silent majority we because are we're no longer a no. majority no we this are in the minority now. minority needs to become a very vocal minority about the power of our god and and Regardless, even through all this, to pray for our country, pray for our president, still pray Pray for for our leaders that are leading us, that God is still in control, regardless of whatever is happening and going on, that he is still, still is the one true God that was and is and is to come for all of that. So on that note, we will end this conversation. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to having you join us again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.